Hey, I got I got a scripture I want to share with all of us. Uh, I've been walking through 1 Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel, the, the book for quite some time now. If I showed you my Bible, I've got so many different things underlined and circled. Uh, it's been it's been healthy for my soul to walk through. And I am now to chapter 30. There's only one more chapter in 1 Samuel. I have gone slow on purpose. When I was first uh, in my walk with God, I used to feel like I had to read a chapter of the Bible every day and I had to get through that whole chapter. And I would find myself reading a lot, but not allowing the scriptures to read me. I found myself kind of skimming and not I didn't find myself really diving deep. And as I've slowed down uh, over the years, it just gives God, I think, a little bit more time for me right now. And if you're reading a chapter or more chapters a day, man, continue to do that. But for me right now, it's, it's allowed some things, I think, to seep more into the soil. Um, when I was reading just a whole lot of scripture, it felt like it was a ton of rain that was uh, hitting the ground, uh, but wasn't soaking into the soil. And, you know, that's where you can kind of create a flood and just the, the rain it is a bunch of runoff. But, but I feel like going slower, it's like this steady, the steady downpour that's able to get into the, the parts of my root system where it needs to get. And this has not made me perfect at all. I'm far from it. Uh, but just trying to allow my, my heart and my life to grow here. So uh, in, in this first Samuel chapter 29, uh, it's unique because David is actually uh, working for the Philistines, uh, which might sound kind of ironic because uh, ironic. Because remember years ago, it was with uh, David and Goliath and Goliath worked for the Philistines, but now David's on this other side. You can follow the story. You got to read through the whole book to find out how he even gets to that place. Uh, but this particular king, they're about to go fight against the children of Israel, fight against the, the Saul and his army. And the Philistines say, hey, you can't fight with us. We don't want to have you. There's actually one leader that wants David, but his bosses say, I don't want you. So you can even see the meeting that happens kind of in the boardroom. We're like, hey, I know you like that guy, but we don't like that guy. So you have to fire that guy. Uh, so uh, that king goes back to David. He's like, hey, I'm sorry. You cannot be with us. You got to go back home. So David and his men, uh, they begin to go back home. There are 600 now fighting warriors that have been traveling around with David. They've been hiding with him. Uh, they have uh, uh, set up a new camp at a place called Ziklag. They get there, uh, chapter 30, verse number one, David and his men reach Ziklag on the third day. This tells us that these 600 men were probably traveling about 25 miles a day. Uh, so here they are trekking back. They weren't able to fight. They've been rejected, but they're on their way home. Uh, they're tired, but they're on their way home. They've been traveling a lot, but they're on their way home. And when they get home, they're expecting there to be a wonderful welcome home party. Uh, this is those of you who love to have a birthday parties and you're expecting all of your friends to all of a sudden have this great party prepared for you and everyone's coming over to the house, uh, but they get home and there is no party. It's actually the exact opposite. Uh, some of you were expecting a party uh, for your birthday this year and COVID had other plans. So you had friends that drove by uh, with signs and placards and balloons and honked their horns and they went on by. Um, you were expecting one thing, but got something else. And what they came back to, it was absolutely devastating. 
It was horrific. The place where they had set up camp to hide out, their new home burned to the ground, wives gone, kids gone, property gone. We've had some folks at Shoreline City uh, that have uh, that have gone through some things like this, whether it was family members or even some fires that have happened. Individuals have battled some things where they were expecting one thing from their home, but they got something else. Dare I say emotionally, some of us are feeling this. You're walking into your house or coming home and you're feeling like some things have been taken. Some peace has been taken. Some joy has been taken. Some focus has been taken. Maybe you're feeling like some energy has been taken. Some unity has been taken. Maybe you feel like some things have been burned down in your life. Maybe some dreams that you had have been burned down. Some aspirations have been burned down. Uh, some goals seems like it's been torn down, burned to the ground. And, and here is David and his men and their wives are gone, kids are gone, property is gone. And they are upset. And as a matter of fact, uh, not, not just upset, when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, their wives and their sons and the daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. So already this is kind of a downer right now, right? It's like, oh my gosh, this is a downer. Earl, get off of this. I'm already sad enough. I'm tired enough. You got to get to something good. We're going to get to something good in a second, but I want you to feel it. I want you to feel it because you're already feeling it. I know I have felt it. We had our business leaders call today and man, you want to talk about feeling tired or frustrated or, or what have you at, at different things that have been going on uh, around us and not having control. And now in Dallas, and I know even in Guatemala, that there's some individuals that are like, wait, things are changing again. We might have to shelter in place again. And some are like, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And other folks are weeping aloud. And it's like, I'm crying. I've cried so much. I have no more strength to cry. I have no more tears to shed. I, I, ha I have no more feet to stomp. <laughs> I'm done. And this is, uh, they, they wept till they could weep no more. Verse six, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Now the people that were on his side are the ones that are talking about killing him. Have you felt alone? Have you felt like, man, nobody has my back? Have you felt at times like I'm in this thing all by myself? Have you felt at times like nobody gets me? Have you felt at times like what in the world is going on here? If you haven't felt that at all, then man, congratulations. But for the other 97.3% of us, we have felt this at some point in time. A matter of fact, the ones that were closest to him, each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. And here's what we're going to focus on. But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David found strength 
in the Lord his God. I, he, he, he could not find the strength from the situation he was looking at. He could not find the strength from the crowd. He could not find the strength he needed from even those that were closest to him in this moment. He could not find his strength from his wives or his kids uh, because they were gone. He could not find his strength from anywhere else. He could not look around him and see any place where he could galvanize strength. So what he had to do when people are talking about stoning him, people are talking about killing him, people, he has wept with them. And now the people that he's wept with are talking about killing him because the leader many times is the one that gets all the, the drama and the pain and the arrows because that's part of leadership. And he now is, and he's like, what am I going to do? And what he chooses to do is he chooses to find his strength in the Lord. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. I want you to put your name in there. But Earl found strength in the Lord, his God. But Tyler found strength in the Lord, his God. But Onika found strength in the Lord, her God, but Lance found strength in the Lord, his God, but Taz found strength in the Lord, her God, but Leslie found strength in the Lord, her God, but Rachel found strength in the Lord, her God. You're going to have to find your strength from somewhere. And let's be the type of people that find our strength in the Lord, our God. I got four practicals I want to throw at you real quick. Four little phrases. You know, we live in this Twitter world, so the world has forced me to make everything a phrase that can be, you know, grab, uh, somebody can grab a hold of. And uh, so, so he, he, here's, the, here's the first first tweetable phrase uh, for you. How, how are you going to find strength in the Lord, your God? Number one, turn off the noise and turn on your praise. Turn off the noise and turn on your praise. What do I mean by noise? For some of us, this is noise. You're going to have to turn off the noise. You're going to have to be willing to put Instagram down, Twitter down, the news outlets down. You're going to have to be willing to turn off your computer, put it on airplane mode. You have to be willing to do, you're going to have to be willing to turn off the noise. You have to be willing, as my wife does uh, most nights, is uh, she goes into our bedroom, locks the door, literally locks the door, and turns on worship music. Uh, she's turning off the noise of kids. Shoot, she's turning off the noise of her husband. <laughs> she's turning off the noise of the world around and saying, hey, I gotta have some time here where I not just turn off the noise, but I gotta turn on my praise. And I hear her praying in the spirit. I hear her worshiping God and I hear her crying out to Jesus and I hear her singing at the top of her lungs. I hear her uh, walking the floor. I hear her clapping her hands. I can feel her waving her arms in the air. Why? She's trying to turn off the noise and turn on her praise. How are you going to encourage? How are you going to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God? You got to turn off the noise. Turn on your praise. Next one. Work your mouth to mold your mind. Work your mouth to mold your mind. 
What do I mean by that? Your mouth is a powerful thing. It's a, it's a very, very powerful thing. The words that come out of your mouth in particular are very, very powerful and they have the ability to shape your life and your mind and your the chemicals that are flowing through your body. It's beautiful how God has made our bodies and I'm not Dr. Caroline Leaf, so I'm not going to go into all the nuances of this, but the words that come out of our mouth matter. And if over and over all day, you're going to say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm depleted, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm depleted, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm depleted. I'm getting tired, exhausted, and depleted just saying that right now. But if those are all the words that are coming out of your mouth right now, I'm just telling you, you're molding your mind as well. And I'm all for being real, and I'm all for being honest with where we are at. But my friends, I do not think David in this moment was just talking about all the problems the whole time. What he did is he strengthened himself. He found strength in the Lord. He found strength in the Lord, his God. So what you do is, yes, you can read through the Psalms and you see him saying, man, you see him saying, my enemies are encamped about me. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I feel like things are over, but you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. You walk through the Psalms and you see that, that David is willing to say what he is dealing with, but he's also willing to pronounce the promises of God over his life. Work your mouth to mold your mind. Next one. I got two more about to be done here. Being practical is being spiritual. Being practical is being spiritual. I don't like how in church world we try to separate out so many things and say, oh, this is a spiritual thing and this is a practical thing. And I just want to say that all of this stuff comes together. These worlds come together. It's not like the spiritual is the real world and the, the material world is the fake world. No, that's actually some Gnosticism that's out there. We're not going to talk about that right now. But the Bible over and over condemns that type of theology and, and, and thought process in all honesty. For us, we need to understand that being practical is being spiritual. You, you know that Jesus ate food, right? You know that Jesus went to parties, right? You know that Jesus rested, right? You know that Jesus went on walks, right? Being practical is being spiritual. So when you want to talk about, but David found strength in the Lord, his God, we're not told exactly what he did, but can I just tell you that there's some things that God has given you as tools that you can use to find strength in the Lord, your God? Are you exercising? Hey, are you, you making cookies at night? Why not? Go right ahead. <laughs> are you, are you willing to lift some weights? Are you going on walks? Are you pausing and just stopping and, and sitting? Maybe you got a, a pool in the backyard or maybe your neighbor has a pool and you can sit in your backyard and look over at their pool and just be a creeper. Who knows what you might need to do to be practical, but it's being spiritual, to feed your soul. Have you paused to grab a good book? Are you willing to, to grab a novel and, and just begin to read? Have you sat down and maybe listened to some, 
some jazz music. Have, I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about, I'm talking about being practical here, but David found strength in the Lord, his God. And many times we can think that means, oh, we have to be sitting and praying. That's the only way we can find strength in the Lord, our God. But there are some of you that are artists out there. And I'm telling you, if you would just go ahead and paint something, you'd find strength in the Lord, your God. There's some of you that if you are willing to, to put a poem down on some paper, I'm telling you, you'll find strength in the Lord, your God. There's some of you that if, if you would go ahead and begin to organize some things in your house, you would find strength in the Lord, your God, being practical, is being spiritual. And last but certainly not least, we walk by faith, not by feelings. We walk by faith and not by feelings. But these feelings, man, they shout at us, don't they? <laughs> They yell, they scream, they tell us what to do, when to do, how to feel, how to respond. Our feelings, man, they are, they're fickle. They'll be up one time and down another time. But my friends, we are people that walk by faith, not by feelings. Jesus, when he's carrying the cross, it hurt. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame. Then he ended up seated, being seated at the right hand of God the Father. Some of you right now feel like you're carrying a cross. Please understand that feels heavy. It feels difficult. But we're following in the path of our Savior where we're still taking our steps of faith. God, I trust you. God, this hurts, but it's not final. God, I'm, it's heavy, but it's not over. We walk by faith not by feelings. In this story in 1 Samuel 30, you can read it later, David inquires of the Lord, finds out if I need to go after the Amalekites. As a quick aside, the Amalekites were actually supposed to be killed in 1 Samuel chapter 15, but because Saul did not do what Saul was supposed to do in chapter 15, David actually was dealing with something in chapter 30. So you want to be the type of parent and leader that deals with the things in chapter 15 so your kids and your family don't have to deal with it in chapter 30. That's a whole nother talk for a whole nother time. And David goes after these Amalekites and they whoop their behinds. I encourage you to read the story. 200 of the men say, we're tired. We can't go anymore. We're exhausted. 400 go on. They find the Amalekites. They kill them. God actually provides this Egyptian that brings them right to where they're supposed to be. They get the Amalekites. They route the Amalekites. They get all of their stuff back. They get all of their children back. They get all of their family back. I'm telling you, that's what God has in store. So don't get stuck at Ziklag and in the tears thinking that it's going to be like this forever. There is some pursuit that God is wanting you to have and it's pursuit after his heart and pursuit after his people, pursuit after his kingdom, pursuit after his glory. And as you and I continue to take those steps, some of our friends might be tired, but I'm telling you, you can keep on taking steps and we will get back what God has for us. And not only are we going to get it back, but it's going to be better than we ever even thought or even imagined. God is with you. God is on your side. I want you to put your name where David's name is. And I want you to find your strength in the Lord, your God. That's what I'm going to choose to find my strength. Don't try to find your strength from me, but you can find your strength in the Lord, your God. I love you so much, leaders. Have a great rest of your day.